So good to hear real stories from real people. Beck, thanks for allowing us to uh, share that. The reason, the reason we're preaching this Restored Preach series is because we believe the gospel has power to make real difference to everyday lives. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, the stuff we're talking about, we have spoken about so far, the things we're going to talk about this morning, um, have power to make a difference in your life. And we were praying this morning um, at the Hastings Venue prayer meeting, and someone had a picture of, a, of, of us all wearing basketball gloves. Yeah, not basketball gloves, they'd be really big, wouldn't they? Um, baseball gloves. You know, those sort of mitts that you put on your hand and you can, you can, you can um, catch a ball with them really, really easily and really well. And, and I think that's relevant for us this morning, that there is something that I need to do there's something that Joe's going to need to do because we're tag teaming the preach today. I'm like the warm-up act. And then the main event will be Joe coming and uh, she'll be sharing in a few minutes. But there's something that you need to do as well. You need to grab the truth. You need to hear something of what we're saying and make a decision to lean into it. Or as it were, to put your hand up and catch it and say, I'm, I'm grabbing hold of that. I believe that it is true. I believe that it is true for me and I'm going to apply it to my life. There is a decision that we need to put into practice. And so that's really what we heard from that video from Beck. She came to understand something of the gospel and it affected her every day. You know, she was very honest, very open about anxiety and things, even, even in the everyday of things like going shopping and stuff like that. But she found that what she learned here, what she experienced of God made a difference to her every day. Now, I don't know what the challenges are that you're facing. They're different to the challenges that I am facing in my every day. But as Paul was saying, when we were born again, massive things changed within us. Massive things changed as far as our eternity goes, our future goes. But there is then a part we need to do as we look to apply it into our every day. Lord God, I'm just going to pray now as we start. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and fill this room? I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and fill us individually? Lord God, we do not want to be just hearers or understanders of your word. We want to be doers of it. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we are looking at the subject of handling your emotions well. Put your hand up if you have ever experienced an emotion. It's worrying for some of you who didn't put your hands up, but for everyone else, well done for your honesty um, there. Did you know that the Bible describes God using emotional language? In Exodus it says that God loves his people so much that he is even jealous about them. In Ephesians chapter 4, it talks about the Holy Spirit and, and, and us not grieving him. And we know, don't we, when we look at the story of Jesus in the Gospels, that, that he, he handled a whole range of emotions, whether it was compassion, joy, anger, or grief. He handled them, and he handled them perfectly because Jesus was without sin and was perfect in everything that he did. So we know that emotions are a gift from him in us. It's, it's something of what makes us human. What makes you human? The fact that you have emotions. They're a gift from him. But because of sin, 
Our emotions have been affected. They have been impacted. And so as Christians, we have a responsibility as followers of Jesus to learn how to handle our emotions in the right way as we look to grow in maturity, as we look to grow more and more like Jesus. So what are emotions? Well, emotions are like an internal alarm system. They're like a warning system telling us, particularly negative emotions, that something is wrong. In, in many ways, your emotions are to your soul what physical pain is to your body. If I reach out and touch something hot, um, I, I burn myself, I feel it, I pull my hand back. Why? Because what I've touched is I, I don't want to touch that. And, and, and the physical pain has made me bring my hand back. Now, you, you may think physical pain's a bad thing because, well, actually none of us like feeling, feeling physically unwell, but, but actually it, it warns us, it, it protects us so we don't do more damage. Imagine, actually, if you couldn't feel pain, all the things you do to yourself and you wouldn't even realise you were. That would be, that would be awful. Well, emotions are a bit like that to our souls, to, to, to the inside of us. When we feel negative emotions, it's telling us that something is wrong, that we, we need to find out what that is. You might think that it would be great if you never felt depressed, that you never felt angry, that you never felt sad. And, and in some ways, I, I get where you're coming from, but actually, those emotions are telling you that there isn't something quite right you need to find out what is wrong. It's a little bit like a, a red warning light coming on in your car. I don't know if you've got that, you know, you're driving along and suddenly a warning light comes on. It tells you that there's something wrong with the car. Something needs to be done. There is potentially a serious problem. But emotions also reveal what's going on in our hearts. They reveal what we really believe is true. Think about it for a moment. Yesterday afternoon, at about oh, 4.30, I was feeling particularly happy because my very sad football team was winning for about the only the second time this season. There was joy in my heart. By quarter to five, that joy had diminished greatly as we conceded a goal and we, we no longer won, won and we are now still only one point above the relegation zone. What's it doing? That my, my emotions are telling me something of what I love, something about what I care about. But they also tell you something about what we believe to be true. Did any of you as a little child, or maybe, maybe for some of you still do, did any of you check under your bed when you were as a little child, to check that there wasn't some monster under there that wanted to get you. Why did you do that? Because you believed that there might be a monster under there wanting to get you, but, but that's not true, is it? But you, but you believed it to be true. So our emotions can reveal something of what we love, but also something of what we believe. I think it's also true to say that um, our emotions are linked very much with our personalities. We all experience emotion, but we don't necessarily process it or demonstrate it in the same way. I'm a bit more introverted. I'm, I'm a bit more, um, I was going to say stony face, but then I was trying to think of something better, a nicer way to describe my face. Um, but I guess stony face probably fits in some way. Roz is not that. <laughs> Roz isn't stony faced. Um, but, but we all experience different, but, but there isn't a right or wrong 
in that with emotions, is there? There's something of our personalities that come through. So I just want to briefly go through how we respond to our emotions. The first three things are generally unhealthy ways, and then the last few things are going to be more positive, and then Joe's going to come. And I really do believe that as Joe shares, um, I, I think God's going to do some powerful stuff in our lives. So how do you handle your emotions? Some people, maybe a little bit more like me, we are tempted to bury them. For some, the way we respond to pain is we try and ignore it or we bury it. Do you remember I said about the warning light in the car? It's like putting a bit of sticky tape over the warning light and pretending there isn't really a problem, but that is not a healthy way of handling our emotions. Second way that we can respond to emotions, and as I'm going through it, just see, you know, do a bit of an audit check on yourself. Where do you fit? Feel free, husbands, wives, or whatever, you can mark one another. Um, a little nudge at the right time just to say, um, make sure they're awake as well. Um, second way you can respond is you can be controlled by your emotions. A little bit like a runaway car going down a hill without the handbrake on. Once you're feeling anger or pain or disappointment, that's all that fills your mind and you are flying down the hill, hitting whatever you hit in its path and at some point it will run out of steam. But we know that's, that's not a good way of handling emotion. Third way. For some, you, we explode. It's like having a hammer in your car, the red light comes on and you smash it with a hammer and you feel better. At least, hey, at least the red light isn't flashing anymore. Um, <laughs> you may feel at times, good, that's got, my, that's got it off my chest. But, but we know, come on cold light of day in here right now we know that is not the best way of handling emotion and we can damage people around us when we do that the bible says that what we need to do when we face negative emotions is we need to understand them we need to take time to understand why that red warning light has come on what is the problem remember Negative emotions, we get them to alert us to a problem on the inside. Why am I feeling this? What is the cause? The truth is, look, if you lose someone that you love, you will grieve, and that is a God-given response. You're not supposed to bury that. You're supposed to grieve. If you see injustice, we're supposed to be angry because it shouldn't be like that. Maybe, and I know there's a number of you that have had babies over lockdown period, there is, a, there is probably all sorts of emotions, truth be told, but there is an emotion of joy and happiness, and that is right as well. So some emotions are obvious. We know why we're feeling them, but, but other times we don't. We have to think a bit more. Why am I feeling what I'm feeling? Sometimes I realise I come in from work and I'm just agitated and angry. Now, I know that will come as a shock to you because I'm a church pastor and you think, oh, you would never get agitated, but I do. I get, in, I get in, I'm agitated and angry. Now, I haven't seen my family all day, so it can't be them. The reason I'm agitated and angry is because stuff that has happened in the office during work. It's, it's affected me, but if I'm not careful, it leaks out all over them. And that isn't fair, that isn't right. Why am I feeling what I'm feeling? So we need take, to take time to process when we look in the Bible, there are loads of Psalms, there's loads of bits of the Bible where people are expressing grief, sadness, 
disappointment. There's loads. We're not meant to bottle it up. We're meant to express it in a healthy way. Part of dealing with negative emotion is processing it and expressing it. And Lamentations is a whole book about grieving because of the state of a nation. It's a poem of grieving for Israel. Can we just put those verses up? I mean, just have a quick read through. Jeremiah is not holding back. Things are grim. Let me just read some. You know, he says, My splendor is gone halfway down, and all that I'd hoped for from the Lord. I remember my affliction, my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Now, you may not express it quite like that, but he is pouring out his heart. This is rubbish. In actual fact, if you read some of Lamentations 3, you'll see he's actually talking to God. He's blaming God, saying, God, this is rubbish. This isn't right. Why am I experiencing what I'm experiencing? Why are we experiencing what we're experiencing? In just a few verses, you can see Jeremiah lets rip. Very emotionally honest lament. Things are really bad for Israel, and they weren't good for Jeremiah either. He expresses his negative emotion. He gives it a voice. But he doesn't stop there. So part of handling emotions well is to to understand It's to process, but that is not the end goal. It's part of the journey. The end goal is that we turn it back to God. And this is what he says in verse 19. If we can go to the next slide. Yeah. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassion never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. Yes, we process. Yes, we pour it back to God. But there is a moment when faith needs to kick in and we turn to God. Look at those phrases, yet this I call to mind. Jeremiah's choosing to do something. I'm remembering who God is. If we can go back again, that would be great to that verse. Thank you. I say to myself, he isn't just listening to his emotions running wild. He says to himself, it's like putting the handbrake on. Wait a second. My emotions are flying down a hill at 100 mile an hour. No, no, no. I'm going to pause for a second. I'm going to put the handbrake on. I'm just going to remember, where is God in this? My friends, it's not easy, but there need to be those moments where we pull the handbrake on and we invite God into the emotion. We invite God into the pain. God, what do you say about these circumstances? What is your perspective on what is going on? It's fighting the good fight of faith. It's fighting the good fight of faith. Now, the truth is, things like hormones, bad weather, bad diet, lack of exercise, lack of sleep, Rubbish circumstances, all of those things can affect our emotions. That is absolutely the case. And sometimes what we need to do is eat well, exercise lots, and that will really, really help us. But negative emotions can also help reveal things that are under the surface of our lives. If you just pop the next slide up, please, Dan, that'd be great. They can reveal, they can help us, negative emotions. Next slide, please, Dan. They can help us to understand what we really believe. I touched on that earlier. They can help us to understand what we really love. 
They can help us to understand when we're pursuing the wrong goals. Have you ever got, have you ever got wound up because something you want to happen just isn't coming about? Well, maybe you just need a pause. Understand, maybe I'm chasing the wrong thing. God's very clear. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And second is this, love your neighbour as yourself. Paul, sometimes I am so busy pursuing other things when what I need to do is I need to refocus on loving God and loving the person in front of me, even if they appear to be blocking my goals. But also negative emotions can also reveal lies that past experiences have taught us to believe. We've all gone through stuff in the past. It could be that the family we've been brought up in, it could be traumatic situations, it can just be general life stuff and it's impacted us. Those negative experiences will have certainly caused you to believe something about yourself, but also something about God. And sometimes these negative emotions help reveal what we're really believing. We need to take time to process it, Bring them before God, repent if we need to, and line our lives up with what he says. Just before I hand over to Joe, I just want you to read this last slide. So if we can pop this up, I think it's that. Sometimes we need to hold on to the truth for dear life. That's what it can be like when we're handling difficult emotions. Holding on to the truth for dear life. I can relate with that. Truth that emotional pain is normal and healthy, the result of loss. Just, I'm feeling pain, it's the result of loss. That is normal and healthy. Truth that God, although I'm experiencing difficult circumstances, truth that God is not punishing or rejecting me. I'm dealing with the consequences of other people's choices. That's important. Sometimes when bad stuff happens, we think God is punishing us. He isn't. Truth that what Satan meant for my demise, God is using to strengthen me. And truth that although I cannot control emotions directly, I can change them over time as I make a conscious choice to change what I believe and believe what God says. What I want you to do now briefly, stretch your hands out. Joe's going to come up and I want you to pray for the blessing of God on her as she comes and preaches to us the second half. Amen. Thank you, guys. You ready to keep catching? It's good. Holy Spirit, keep coming, we pray. So we're just going to look at Jesus off the back of everything that Paul shared. We're just going to look at a moment in the life of Jesus. So if you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn to John 13. If you don't, it will come up on the screen as well. Let's dive straight in. It says this, Now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, Jesus loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, that he had come from God and was going back to God, he rose from supper. 
He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, he tied it round his waist. Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wrapped around him. This is one moment that I felt Holy Spirit just picked to me as I was uh, doing kind of my devotional time a few weeks ago. And uh, I've just really been hooked on this passage, and I feel like God's really spoken to me through it. So that's my prayer, that as we unpack this really quickly, uh, that God is going to speak to us through this moment of the life of Jesus. And guys, Christians, if you're a Christian here this morning, um, we have a great high priest, don't we, who is able to sympathize, the Bible says, with our weakness, our pain, and our emotion. So let's look at the context of what's going on for Jesus emotionally in this passage. There's a lot going on, right? One of his closest friends is about to completely betray him, literally to hand over his life for a bag of gold coins. He knows, Jesus, that his time has come to die. I don't know about you, I can't even imagine knowing when and how I'm going to die and that it's going to be absolutely excruciating. Can you imagine just that anxiety and that thought of what's to come? And he's feeling sadness and rejection. He's sitting in this room with a bunch of his disciples, his best friends that he has poured his life into over the last three years. And he knows that quite soon, as they're standing in the garden and he gets taken away, they will run. And they will even deny Jesus. I didn't know him. And Jesus knows all these things. So can you imagine what he's handling in his emotions right now? But what does it say in the middle of this passage? Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, that he had come from God and was going back to God, got up and washed their feet. So really quickly, we're going to just pick out these three things. First of all, know who you are. Or another way we can put it, knows whose you are. Jesus is standing in this moment of mixing of just emotions and love for his friends, but just anxiety at what's going to come, he knows that he comes from God. And guys, it changes the whole situation. When we stand and we deal with the the highs and the lows and the heartbreaks of life, we stand knowing whose we are. And I don't know about you, but I think this series have just been brilliant. We have just heard truth after truth. And I know on your, on your chairs around you, again, you've got a, a whole load of truths written out for you that you can read and write on your heart. And they will just speak to you about whose you are. I am... Um, heard a story recently, this is so beautiful, it was um, a nine-year-old boy, and he was away at a kids' ministry weekend, um, and I think his maybe father really sadly had passed away when he was really little, just hadn't known him, and he was just standing meeting with God, and one of the kids' workers was standing next to him, just letting God meet with this little one, and he was really just looking sad in his face, and then suddenly just this smile came from his heart and just lifted his head. And and the lady next to him, she just waited for God to kind of keep meeting with this little boy. And then at the end, he opened his eyes and she said, hey, what what was going on? What happened? And he just said, I was telling my daddy in heaven that I was really sad. And then I suddenly felt the hand of my daddy in heaven on my chest. And I knew that he told me that you are mine. Can you imagine in the life of that little boy, that moment of absolute, from the Father, the truth, you are mine. And that's exactly what Paul was speaking about earlier when he shared that moment when we give our lives to Jesus, 
heart and soul, mind, everything. The Father comes by the spirit of adoption, the Bible says, and he puts his hand onto our chest and he says, you are mine. And we've heard this before, but we're going to keep telling it to ourselves, right? We belong to him. He loves you. He made you. He had plans for you. Plans to delight over you. He sings over you, the Bible says. So number one, Jesus knew whose he was. Do you? Number two, Jesus knew what he'd been given. It says Jesus knew that the Father had given all things into his hands. So what exactly is that? And we could go into loads of stuff like Ephesians. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. There's so much that we can talk about. But I felt good to say two things. Jesus had been given the Spirit of God and the Word of God. And actually, that's what we've been equipped with as Christians too, right? We've been equipped with this incredible book, the Bible. It is life-giving. We were chatting with one of our friends this week, and he loves Jesus so much. He became a Christian about two years ago, and he just felt God pinpoint, you need to come off the drugs now. And as he talked about his journey of withdrawal, feeling all the emotions, he just said, this book... I have not stopped reading it. It has been my lifeline. And I just sat in the car listening, thinking, wow, I need to read my Bible more. That's, that's amazing. Here's another story for you. This is from a 14-year-old girl. My dad was a police officer. And I would wake up at about 2 a.m. after he came home at the end of a shift. And I'd see him reading his Bible at the kitchen table. I'd watch him read and nod and write notes on a pad beside the Bible. Being a parent who naturally created windows into his life, he would leave his notes out. And in the morning, I'd often read through his notes. My love of scripture started there. But one day, when I was 14, as he was passing by, he saw me reading his notes. And he told me this, you know, some days, daughter, some days are really tough. I go to a call where I have seen and heard the most horrific things. And I come home and I can feel overwhelmed. And then he reached forward and he touched his Bible. Reading the Bible fills me up and nails it all down. Everything I see, everything I do, everything I feel, it gets nailed down to the truth that never changes when I read it. Isn't that amazing? I again just felt so provoked as I read that. And we've been equipped with the Spirit of God. The very presence of God. The moment that you ask Jesus to in your heart, the Spirit of God comes and he fills us and he equips us and he empowers us and he reveals Jesus to us and he convicts us in a gentle, wonderful way. And I've, I don't know about you, parents, <laughs> I, since having children, I, I didn't think I was an angry person, if I'm honest, that's my pride speaking there. But since having kids, I've found emotion that I didn't realise I had. <laughs> and so often, just in a moment where it's overwhelming and someone's touching something hot and someone else is on the table and you just think, ah, I've just felt that little knock on my heart of Holy Spirit. Just saying, Joe, just, just pause. Just take a moment and obviously check the kids are safe. Sometimes I just go out the room. I just say, God, I need your grace right now. And then what do I hear? That whisper of truth. Your father is rich in love and slow to anger. Remember whose you are. And that's, that's what we're equipped with, right? The spirit of God speaking to us about the word of God. And I'm not 
not always go back in and it's all just amazing and roses and stuff, but I know that I have that moment of Holy Spirit to just say, yeah, come on, I'm equipped for this. Don't always get it right, but I am equipped. And guys, these things, spirit and word, they're gifts, right? And you can get a present and not open it. So I wonder for each of us who know and love Jesus, or maybe who want to know and love Jesus from today, you have the gifts of the word of God and the spirit of God. Are you opening them? Are you using them? And then finally, Jesus knew where he was going. Just read that verse again. Jesus, knowing the Father had given all things into his hands, that he had come from God and was going to God. Literally, in the following chapter to chapter 13, Jesus says this to his disciples. I won't read it now, but it basically says, I am going where my Father has prepared many rooms. And I'm going to prepare your room for you. And he's talking about eternity. And he's saying, I'm going to go and I'm going to come back and bring you with me one day. So Jesus stands in this moment of about to wash his friend's feet and with all these emotions going on. Yes, he's living for the hope to come. And Paul and touched on this. And, and I Alid spoke on this a few weeks ago. I'd encourage you to listen to that. I think it's called Living in Light of Eternity. Absolutely so vital for us. Jesus had his mind set on eternity with his father and eternity with us. So where are our hopes lying? Where are we fixing our mind as we go through tough times and good times? Yes, the truth of who we are in him. Yes, knowing his empowering in the moment. But yes, friends, to knowing where we're going if you love and follow Jesus. Jesus endured the cross, the pain, the nails, the agony. The Bible says, for the joy set before him. What was that joy? It was knowing he was going to be with the Father. And we were all going to be there too, if we know him. Guys, let's let the thought of what's to come be a really big reality in our lives. Let's not just allow it to be some distant hope that we sometimes sing about in a great song on a Sunday. Let's allow it to be a deep rock bed of reality in our lives that we know whatever we go through, we know we have a hope to come. That one day we're going to stand before our maker and we're going to see him face to face. And that there will be no more hurt, there'll be no more pain, there will be no more suffering. And we will get to look into the eyes of the one who is love. Let us allow that to root us and bed us down no matter what we're going through in this life. So what was the end result of Jesus knowing these three things? He got down on his hands and in his knees and he washed his mate's feet. It was the lowest job of a servant in the room. What a person could be feeling all these emotions and yet get down on their hands and their knees and wash others in such a sacrificial way. Guys, it was the one who has gone before us to show us the way and show us how to live. Just to round up, we need to process our emotion as we process inwardly. We need to look up at who he is. And as we look up, it causes us to look out at others. The Bible says we can comfort others with the comfort we've received. And I know for many of you going through stuff in this room that I can't even imagine, I know there's also a calling on your life to draw others to Jesus as you walk through. 
And I experienced this recently, just a story to finish. One of my friends um, going through a really tough time, a really, really sharp, agonizing moment of depression over a few months. And I felt like I had the privilege of standing and watching her and praying for her as she became more like Jesus through those moments where she, like Paul said earlier, she ran to God morning after morning when she wasn't feeling anything, when she was angry, when she was in pain, when she'd had wrong done to her, she went to God. And rather than allowing all these emotions to cloud her view of him, she threw them at the Father who can take it. And she did not let that stop her from knowing him. And I just felt so privileged that I got to stand by and watch my beautiful friend become more like Jesus through those moments. Guys, I'd love you to stand, if you will. Let's not shut our hearts off to him. Let's allow emotions, negative, positive, to glorify him as we handle them. Why don't you close your eyes if you feel able to? Why don't you just get in a posture of receiving? John's just going to lead us through, but I would love us to just pray quickly. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome here right now. Thank you that you show us Jesus and you lead us to the heart of the Father. And I pray that you would come now. I pray for those who don't know you, Lord. Pray they would feel your beating heart of love for them right now. I pray for those that are hurting and those that are weary. I pray that God of comfort and compassion, you would come and draw close beside. Pray would you remind them who they are, that even though they're going through hard stuff, they can still take off their towel and they can wash the feet of others as they experience suffering themselves, that they're called to glorify you in that, Lord, give them strength, give them rest. And I pray for those, Lord God, where they know you've spoken in the past. And they know that you've called them to stuff and to love others that hurts their hearts. Like Paul mentioned earlier. I really feel this actually for some of you. That there's things God's called you to and it just hurts too much to, to be involved in. Serving others, loving others that are broken. And I feel God just wants to stir your heart emotionally again. I feel like God wants to just hook your heart with his again. That you feel the anger that God feels over things that aren't right. That you feel joy in his presence, but you feel sadness as well with those who don't yet know him. And God just wants to hook your heart with his again right now. Holy Spirit, would you just come, we pray. Amen.